Good morning and good coffee, everybody. Hey, it's time for some morning coffee with Larry, and I'm glad that you are here joining with me today as I reach for my cup and ah, get another hit to smooth out my throat this morning. <laughs> well, today is October 4th, 2022. <clears throat> I am looking outside, seeing... The sun start to brighten up the uh, the east end of our one of our buildings, and <clears throat> I've already been out and let the uh, the cat outside and took the dog out for her morning business, and oh, it's a nice brisk morning. I'm not sure of the temperature, but I think it's hovering somewhere around forty, and. Um, we're definitely out of summer, <laughs> both by the calendar and by the temperatures. <coughs> so uh, I do love fall, and I got to experience um, some beautiful fall colors. Uh, I just got back from a little getaway trip that I took and went up to the uh, western edge of Michigan's Upper Peninsula and visited with some old friends that I have not seen in 25 years. And that's Mike and Leslie Stewart. They own a company called Bark River Knives. And if you love knives, this is the commercial, by the way. Uh, if you love knives and love high quality, beautifully handled knives, uh, you need to check out uh their company, and uh, I can't remember the sites where you can order it. They do have distributors around, but um, they are they are beautiful knives. They are collectible knives. Uh, they they are not <laughs> they're not your run of the mill cheap knives either. They uh, but they I got to see their operation, uh, tour their factory. Um, but mostly, I really got to enjoy catching up with my dear friends, Mike and Leslie. And uh, while up there in the Upper Peninsula, uh, besides having an incredible dinner with uh, another couple that they're friends with, and right on the edge overlooking one of the bays there on Lake Michigan, <clears throat> got to see a lot of beautiful fall colors. Oh my goodness, they've had just the right weather condition on some of these trees because they were the brightest red. Um, just gorgeous. I would say at least 50% of the trees up there are still green. But they, uh, the others are turning and it's just, I enjoy fall. Um, I love the idea where you can sit around a campfire and you're not sweating. Uh, you get to wear flannel. The smell of smoke is in the air. Ragweed season is over. <clears throat> you couldn't tell by my throat. Uh, you're not having to mow the yard every week. And uh, the, the grain is getting harvested. And it's just, it's a beautiful, fun time. You know, pumpkin festivals and, and uh, pumpkin patches. I drove by a few of those uh, going up there. <laughs> But it was a wonderful time. And, you know, good friends are not always easily made. 
acquaintances can be easily made. Uh, but good friends aren't. And when too much time passes, it's just missed opportunities. So one of the things that we agreed whenever I left was we cannot let it go another 25 years uh, till we uh, see each other again. So, and then this morning, <clears throat> while I woke up because the dog woke me up, she said, I need to go out. I don't want to do an accident. Take me out. Just in that kind of a little voice. <laughs> I I got up a little bit early, got my coffee going and thought, let's do a podcast. I'm not doing those as consistently as I did in the past. And there's just been a lot to do. So maybe if life slows a little bit, I'll be able to. But as I pulled up my phone and kind of checked email, I saw an email from a group that I was very active in in the 1990s called Promise Keepers. Some of you may have been involved yourself. Some of you may have heard of it. Some of you may be like, what are you talking about, Larry? <clears throat> but in the 1990s, there was a Christian men's movement that started in 1991 when I believe 28 men or 22 men came together um, in Boulder, Colorado, and, and prayed. Prayed for the young men of this country because they were all involved uh, with the university there and specifically the football team. But they were just seeing um, warning signs uh, with the young men. And they met and they prayed. And the next year, the, uh, the number grew significantly and they met in the, ba- the basketball, um, sta- um, what do you call it? Not gym, but you know, um, <clears throat> arena. And they had that something like 1,200 men show up to pray and to listen to encouraging messages regarding young men and the men of our country and, and the needs for men to stand up. That was in 92. In 93, they filled up the stadium at the university there in Boulder with something like 50,000. And it was in 1994 when they expanded to six cities and myself and my father and a few other, just a handful of men from Effingham that I knew of, um, actually is more because we ran into some people at the hotel that had come on a bus. But there were quite a few men from Effingham, I guess, that went to Indianapolis to what was then called the RCA Dome. The dome is gone now, but there was 62,500 men just in that one site for a Friday night, all day Saturday <clears throat> um, event. And... It continued, and there was a special event that happened on this date, October 4th, 1997, 25 years ago today. And I'm really thankful that um, Google, or not Google, but YouTube and um, Promise Keepers uh, 
that I got an alert that popped up on my feed about a special documentary on what happened on that day 25 years ago, because I was also there. There was many concerns for our country. There were growing concerns. Um, And I think that if things had gone, you know, maybe changed or did something different, we wouldn't see ourselves necessarily experiencing what we're experiencing in our country today. But there was a call to prayer to from Promise Keepers to meet in Washington, D.C., not for a political rally, not for a uh, beating our chest and saying, you know, You've got to listen to us. It was a call for men to come to the National Mall uh, and pray. Pray with humility for our nation. And the uh, local radio station out of Ramsey, Illinois, a Christian station, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. Was it Dick Wheeler, I think was his name. I'm not sure if he's still uh, with the station there. Um, I know that was his, it was like, it was life work. But uh, anyway, they arranged for, I think, seven buses to take men from this area to Washington, D.C. I could be wrong on that number. It's been 25 years. But I joined with many men that I knew. And we went and arrived there uh, at the mall. And we were, uh, I can say I was blown away by the sea of men that arrived. And we filled that mall solid from the Capitol all the way to the Washington Monument. And from there, it was um, not quite solid. There were large groups uh, that were, you know, together from the Washington Monument all the way to the Lincoln Memorial. They had um, uh, helicopter or airplane photographers uh, taking pictures, and I actually have a poster of the uh, the size of the gathering. Uh, it's been estimated to be, and the Park Service did not do an official estimate, um, but uh, it was estimated to be between 1.2 and 1.4 million men, the largest gathering of men outside of a wartime situation. And we met for six hours. Most of us fasted during that time period. But we prayed. We prayed for our country. We prayed for our families, for our wives, for our children. We prayed for the healing of wounds that our country and the people of our country did on different peoples. 
it was uh, an amazing experience. And it was a life-changing experience for many people, including myself. So today, uh, later today, Promise Keepers is um, going to be releasing a documentary on YouTube about that day. And there's been videos that have been uploaded uh, from this event. It's called Stand in the Gap. And it goes back to a biblical uh, call to arms uh, with the, uh, I believe it was with the rebuilding of Jerusalem and the walls of Jerusalem after uh, the Babylonian exile of the Jews. And if there was a breach in the wall, it was the call to stand in the gap so that an enemy could not come in, could not infiltrate the city, but to build, to rebuild a strong wall. And uh, that was uh, the name of the event, and that was the goal for men to stand in the gap for their children, for their families, for their communities, states, and nation. I think it's really interesting that 25 years ago was this event. And we're in a time now, 25 years later, when not necessarily to show up at the mall, but to stand up in a similar way, on a very much more personal way, for our children, grandchildren, wives, families, neighborhoods, towns, communities, states, and our nation. So I would encourage all of you, go out to YouTube, type in Promise Keepers, Stand in the Gap documentary, and if you do it before it is released, uh, sign up for a notification. So you can either watch it live like I hope to do, or you can um, watch it at a a later time and not forget that it's there. Um, And then if you're interested, you can find on YouTube uh, several different videos that has the entire six hours uh, recorded. But it's... uh, it's interesting today that um, I happened to, to come across this. 25 years ago, um, started a time period of not seeing these two friends, and that was changed this weekend. And 25 years ago today, uh, working our way to the mall in Washington, and it was an amazing and humbling experience. 
As far as other things going on, we had puppies over the weekend. Uh, Actually, at the end of last week, we had bred one of our Great Pyrenees dogs, guard dogs, and we have some puppies. Uh, So I can't wait to go out there. I just saw them a little bit. They, uh, I was going to say they hatched. Uh, They were, (laughs) they were born the uh, uh, day that I took off for Michigan. And so I'm eager to see how the, the little squirmy, chubby, pink nosed boys and girls are. So that's what I'll be doing this morning while I'm out feeding. But I hope that you have a great day, a great week, make the most of it, and uh, we'll catch you next time for a cup of coffee. Have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye.